0: maybe I've got the, I want to focus, I, I've given the title, uh, Our Fellowship mm. for today. And it's a constant, constant burden on my heart in these days, always has been really, but the verse from which I've taken the, 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 the title, you will know is in the first epistle of john and it's in the first chapter yes. where of course
1: mm-hmm.
0: john you know i love the writings of john probably above all the others of course i love paul too um but that john
2: um you know he's the
0: family man isn't he he he's he's not the man of the should i call it the courtroom as as paul is um you know that john of course had the wonderful privilege of probably living the longest of all the apostles and not only so, that he, he, though he seemed to call himself the disciple whom Jesus loved. And he's the one famous, of course, for laying his head uh, on the breast of Jesus. And of course the Lord, if you remember, gave him the name along with his brother, James, Sons of Thunder. That was a, a strange name to give them in a way, and possibly was linked with one of those things that they said to Jesus when Jesus was not received by uh, the Samaritan village do you want us to call down fire from heaven? And uh, the, the Lord Jesus said to them, you don't know what manner of spirit you are of. Such a word, um, such a, 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 an attitude, calling down fire from heaven was of another spirit. And I think that gives a hint that john was supremely a man of the spirit remember his background remember that he was a fisherman remember that he was not an academic Paul was an academic a man of the university a man of great study and john was not and john was a much simpler man but the depths of him and of course it's you know if we take that nickname that the lord jesus called him you know sons of thunder uh, then john thunders with a message that's greatly needed today and greatly needed in the churches and greatly needed um, in these days and wherever we go where we have just been three weeks among groups of believers in the greek side of cyprus um i don't know whether you know that there was a war in cyprus in 1974 where the turks came in from turkey and uh, you know people who had lived in relative harmony together um greek side turkish side uh, there was there'd been a, a great unkindness between them mm-hmm. and it issued in this war and the country is still divided mm-hmm. and still divided and I just bring that up because you can almost see the effects of a partisan spirit that still affects the churches, you know, uh, a racial spirit, uh, a religious spirit that people are affected, anti-Turk, you could say, some mm-hmm. And uh, the UN presence is still there, dividing the country. You can go across into the Turkish side, but it just is a symbol. Now, John thundered with the message of love, and you all know that, at least theoretically. Uh, we all know that. We read his epistles. We read his gospel. Love, love, love the family. And uh, this is the message he thundered with. And I've mentioned before this speculative tradition that uh, was written about by some of the old fathers uh, of the Lord of John, uh, in, well in his 90s, was supposed to have had a conference in Ephesus where people said it may be the last time we'll hear John. And uh, so come, people traveled to listen to him. And this rather feeble man got up among all the gathered hundreds and hundreds of people. And all he said, they were expecting three days and he took less than three minutes where he rose up. And uh, the tradition says that he said, beloved, let us love one another and then got down again. That's what the tradition says no one knows whether it's really true but nevertheless you know it does sum up the message that he thundered with and the, the message he'd come to know and it's not by chance for instance that you read of the disciples being distanced from the cross but you read of of John being at the foot of the cross where Jesus said to him, behold your mother,
2: and said to Mary,
0: behold your son. It's not by chance that the Lord gave to love. The apostle of love the care of his mother, for the rest of her days upon the earth. She must have been nearing 50 at the time. Maybe she had 25 more years to live. And it's not by chance that among the first martyrs, of course, after Stephen, it was John's brother, James, who Herod took and slew, and uh, it seems as though that particular agony, that loss of his beloved brother, James, that, that, that Jesus entrusted that to John. He knew that love could bear it and love could be deepened through it. And so we come to, to John. And, you know, some of you will know of, uh, um, just you read his first epistle, and he, he brings you into the atmosphere of holy love. He brings you into the place of fellowship with love. And amen uh, that's why i turn you into the first chapter of his letter and he opens up by talking about his whole purpose of writing and uh, he says we are writing verse 4 chapter 1 of his first letter we are writing this that your joy may be complete. We are writing the letter and it's a letter of love and that your joy may be complete. And it's all to do with fellowship. Our fellowship, look at verse three, our fellowship is with the Father and with his son, Jesus Christ. Uh, present tense, our fellowship, right now with the father, and uh, with his son. And yet John says, verse one, that uh, he, he's writing about that which was from the beginning. From the beginning. Sometimes I wonder what beginning he's thinking of. Um, he tells us that we've seen it. So John is talking and saying, we have seen, we've looked upon, we've touched with our hands concerning the word of life. The life was manifest, and we saw it and testified to it and proclaimed to you the eternal life, which was with the Father and was made manifest to us. Mm-hmm. So I reckon that his primary thought in those words is that he's, refer- he's just saying, I saw the life. Peter saw the life. My brother James saw the life. We, we beheld uh, and that, that life was, we touched it, we saw it and uh, we looked upon it and of course it was out of this world and yet it had come into this world, this life, this eternal life. And that's what he says in verse two, isn't it? The eternal life which was with the father and was made manifest to us on out and of course it all links up in your thinking no doubt with the gospel john's gospel in the beginning was the word and the word was with god and the word was god and you know, we are carried <clears throat> into eternity um, by John. We're carried into mystery. We're carried beyond words. We're carried beyond words to the word. The word. Um, <clears throat> one of the meetings that we were in, in Cyprus, just recently, I uh, must have been about 10 or 12 days ago, it was a Tuesday evening. It was scheduled to be a meeting of prayer, to which usually, I was told, seven or eight people come. And uh, instead of that, we were in the building and people just gathered and gathered and gathered until the room <clears throat> quite a big room was full and uh, you know a prayer meeting and the leaders of the meeting didn't do anything particular i think one of them said a little word in greek i didn't understand what it was And. Uh, then, as we sat there, uh, one or two knelt. They began to pray, and there was words and words and words and words, and at least one of those who prayed it was for at least an hour. Prayers, 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 and one was with tears and in greek so i couldn't understand what was being prayed and i only found out afterwards what one lady had prayed with tears she was praying loudly and long oh lord uh, send your presence give us your presence give us your presence I didn't know what was being said. Where are you? Where are you? Where are you? Lord, come to us, come to us. And then when it seemed as though the words had died away and for 10 minutes, there was silence. Uh, so we were now an hour and a quarter into the meeting then the lord began to speak and the first words he said prophetically and it was long prophecy at least 15 minutes of prophetic utterance the lord granted and the first words he said i do not seek your prayers i seek you I seek your presence. I do not seek your evangelism.
2: I seek you. I seek your presence. I do
0: not seek your preaching. I seek you. I seek your presence. And this led into as i say 15 minutes of prophetic utterance where the lord was calling upon us so oh, I, I i've got your works i've seen your labors i've seen your praying your words but i seek you i Thank seek you. you it was a very moving time especially I was only told afterwards, did you know, uh, is your Greek good enough to understand what that lady prayed with tears, that uh, she was crying out, Where's, where are you, Lord, where are you, Lord, give us your presence, and here you come with prophetic utterance, the first words, I seek your presence. This, of course, is what john had come to understand and do you know <clears throat> i don't remember where i first came across uh, the, the the poem of george herbert some of you have heard of a english poet called george herbert lived in the early 17th century an aristocrat by background a, a man who turned away from university education. He was brilliant man, a brilliant man. Rose to high places in Cambridge University. Could have been, he was a friend of the king. That's Charles First. Uh, he, he was involved and so on. He turned away from it all because of the call of God upon him. And he wrote quite secretly a long series of poems, which is called the temple. He only released them uh, on his deathbed to someone, carry them over to this person and uh, whose name was Ferrar. And if you count them worthy, let them be printed. And they were printed, the temple, George Herbert, and the last poem, which actually expresses his whole heart, his whole testimony, the last poem is called Love. And I'll read a little bit of it. Love bade me welcome,
2: yet my soul drew back guilty, of dust and sin,
0: but quick-eyed laugh, observing me gross slack from my first entrance in, drew nearer to me, sweetly
2: questioning if I lacked anything. That's the first verse. There are only three, there are only three verses
0: love it, it finishes like this you know or well, perhaps i'll read it all just so it's quite quick a guest i answered worthy to be here love said you shall be he
2: i the unkind
0: the ungrateful Ah, my dear, I cannot look on thee. Love took my hand, and smiling did reply, Who made the eyes but I? Truth, Lord, but I have marred them. Let my shame go where it doth deserve. And know you not, says love,
2: who bore the blame? My dear, then I will serve.
0: You must sit down, says love, and taste my meat. So I did sit and eat. You know, there's a tremendous climax in those three verses, you know, where love draws, draws and draws his uh, busy servant in, his busy servant who has been serving and laboring and uh, is aware of his guilt and his sin and is amazed at love, the Lord of love saying, Come on, come closer, come closer, come closer. But I, 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 don't deserve to come in. I, I don't deserve. I'm ashamed. My sin, and then, uh, love says, "Don't you know who bore the blame?" And then, love, uh, the, the servant says, "By the way." George Herbert always called God and the Lord Jesus my master. My master. He's my master. Interesting. Because having been convinced of the love, he says, oh, my dear, then I will serve. I will serve. I'm thinking of evangelicalism. I'm thinking of all the busyness of church life. I'm, I'm thinking of the evangelists. I'm thinking of the minister. I'm thinking, you know, of all that goes on. And uh, I'm thinking, then I will serve. I will serve. I will serve. And then loves, this is the climactic line. Love, the Lord says, you must sit down, <clears throat> says love, and taste my meat. So I did
2: sit and eat. That's the climactic line. You must sit down. You must and taste
0: my meat so i did sit and eat and that's the last line of uh, about a, a, a great long long series of poems great long you do know don't you that your salvation began before the foundation of the world you do know that it began in a love conversation between the father and the son. You do know that.
2: Ephesians one four will tell you that. you You know your
0: end is in your beginning here's another famous quote from a, another more recent poet 20th century t.s Eliot. my end is in my beginning and my beginning is in my end strange just shows you he was thinking in the great circle of god's workings Everything began in the love of God. Everything began. He chose you in him before the foundation of the world. That's where everything began. You began in a love conversation between the Father and the Son. That's where the church began. That's where the desire of God began. You know, let's have many sons in you, son. <laughs> and you, I'm putting words in God's mouth in one way, in the Father's mouth, but it's very important to notice, you see, that it didn't even begin with Jesus it began with the father that's where everything begins and where it begins is where it ends hallelujah our end is in our beginning you see it says he that is the father ephesians 1 4 he that is the father chose us in christ before the foundation of the world that we
2: should be holy <clears throat>
0: and blameless before him in love that's you know it's wonderful that that's the intention that's the everlasting purpose of god for your life, for my life, hallelujah, I would want to say for everybody, I, I have very difficult, I have great difficulty in believing that God predestined anyone to damnation. Some people believe that, but I, I, I can't can't conceive of it myself but who am i just a little cog understanding a little of god's ways <clears throat> but it, it's it's a remarkable thing isn't it remarkable thing when when i read um you know you do know that to, Jesus died a long, long while before Calvary. You, you know that too, don't you? Um, you? You do know that he was the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. In other words, in, in order to gain our fellowship, in order to gain uh, us as his sons, in order to do that, there had to be an arrangement made, a willingness in the son to become incarnate and
2: to be slain. There had to be that
0: willingness isn't it remarkable you know the lamb slain from the foundation of the world the book of the lamb that comes in the last book of the bible john wrote that too in the book of the revelation where it uh, he was slain from the foundation of the world so we were conceived in love. We were thought upon by the Father. The Son concurred and agreed utterly, completely with the necessity of becoming flesh, dwelling among us, bearing away the sin of the world. Behold, the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world, praise the Lord. I find these things very wonderful. Mm. You know that I was conceived in love. I know that many of us in our first birth, that is our first birth that is in flesh. I'm talking about your earthly mother and father. It's a possibility that you were not the fruit of their love. Naturally speaking, it's quite possible. It's possible, I can remember talking with someone many, many years ago, a lady, in fact, who came to me talking about the fact that uh, she was the fruit of a rape. <laughs>
2: that her mother was raped
0: an act of cruel lust and i can remember talking with this lady and speaking to her a little bit she was an older lady and she carried this with her for 50 or 60 years this knowledge as though she was a kind of bit of flotsam and jetsam some you know, just a chance happening. And, and I talked at length to her about, and asked God to reveal to her this wonder that her life had begun far earlier in the mind of the Father and that she had been chosen by him and his love for her had been sealed and uh, in, the, in the life and death of the son and the shedding of the blood and that <laughs> she was in Jesus before ever she was in Adam. Isn't that remarkable? And I can remember understanding coming to this lady and it was though a great burden rolled away from her. She was in Christ from eternity before she was ever in Adam. I know these things are mystery. Uh, I, I'm aware of that. I'm aware of that. But nevertheless, it's, it's utterly true. Praise God. Praise God. And it's these sorts of mysterious wonders that john is utterly familiar with and he's wanting you know to bring people so if i switch in my thinking to the apostle peter who doesn't say it quite the same way but uh, if you turn into the fourth chapter of his first letter you know you'll read things like this and he, here he is and uh, sorry it's the third chapter that i'm looking at um, 1 peter chapter 3 he talks that um, this lovely phrase right there toward the end of the chapter where it says that, chapter three, verse 18, Christ also hath once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God. Being put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the spirit, you know, quickened in the spirit, quickened, by which he went and preached unto the spirits in prison. Strange scripture, you know, but I, I will tell you this, that those, he comes to us, he's the living spirit, our Lord Jesus Christ. He's the quickened spirit, and, you know, when he comes to you speaking through his word and in the power of his spirit, he comes to speak to the spirits, you and me, that are have been living our lives in a prison of self, a prison of sin, a prison of uh, various forms of autism. Psychological term, about 100 years old, never used before. It, it, but he, he comes. This is the preciousness, And when he speaks to you in these days, some of you have been walking with the Lord for many, many years. Uh, like my wife, she was 12. So that 68 years ago when she first heard the call of the Lord and the quickening voice of Jesus and it came to her as a 12-year-old through missionaries who had suffered in the Congo and she was in a little, little village hall in Monaghan, Ireland, her hometown and she heard the call of the quickening voice of Jesus. Isn't it tremendous? And he called her unto himself. And so what the father had decided before the foundation of the world and had agreed with the son should be accomplished. Now, what had been agreed then came into a historic moment in that little village hall, as he spoke through the voices of missionaries who had suffered in the Congo, and were telling their story, and the quickening spirit, Christ, the qui- he was quickened by the spirit by which he went and preached to the spirits in prison. Amen. And- my spirit was in prison and i'm still hearing his quickening voice and he's bidding me come out of your prison come out hear my voice come into my love come and sit and taste my meat come in to a more deepened fellowship with me than you've ever ever known come out of your religion and the habits of things. You know, I, I used a phrase on another Zoom a few weeks ago that came to my mind. I, I used a phrase about this, the, the, the passage of time in churches, the history of churches. It, it be, they begin with a movement, it comes from heaven, a movement, it comes from God. Methodism, it began with the movement from heaven into the hearts of the Wesleys, into the heart of Whitfield, into the heart of many, many persons who were released from their prison of unbelief and bondage, and there was this tremendous moving of God up and down in the United Kingdom. It wasn't called that then, it was England. You know, wonderful. And then you move into a second phase, a terrible phase. 30, 40, 50 years later, having begun with movement from heaven, you move into this phase of machine, machine, machine. A second M machine, the machine of religion, the machine of habit, I think of some of you dear ones there in Malaysia, and the machine of church one or two of you I happen to know, do not go into the meeting until the, 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 the music stops then you go into the meeting because your ears are blown out by the sheer volume and there's little of true worship waiting and wonder of god in the meeting i'm not being critical i'm just telling the truth you know and there's so little of substance in what is sung, you'd be better off going to read the Anglican prayer book and the things of today. There's more substance there, you know, if a man of God reads it with meaning, it can become the quickening word of God. You know, we move into machine. Even the church of which I'm a part, if they're not careful, is moving in just to religious machinery. You know, and oh, into this our children come and they are raised in it and they knew not the movements of God. And so they must for themselves find the movement of God upon their hearts. You know, the quickening voice of Jesus calling us, even out of our religious prison. Amen. Come unto me. Come and sit. Come and taste my meat. Come. Hallelujah. Come into our fellowship. Come into our fellowship of eternal life that is deeper, sounder, that is underneath all the changing scenes of life. And then you move in, sadly, church moves in to a third and dreadful phase, another M. These words came to my mind two or three weeks ago. The third M is the word monument, where the church is now just a monument. Instead of movement coming from heaven, instead of the quickening voice, it's moved and it's become within 60 or 70 years, just a monument. And these are serious things. I know you understand. Uh, I understand a little bit in measure. I understand that wherever the word is read or spoken or sung, it is possible that the living word can speak through it into a searching heart mm-hmm. come and taste my meat is what love says to us come in and this leads me to take you into a psalm and i'll just do that at this time and i think that you'll find where is this psalm oh dear i didn't write it down and i should have done uh, let me look in at my other bible and hear it let's see if i'm th- i'm sure it's psalm 73 turn into psalm 73 let's see what it is and uh yes He's, he's writing the verse that is in my mind. Uh, all day long, verse 14, I have been stricken, chastened every morning. You know, if I had said I will speak thus, I would have been untrue to the generation of thy children. You know, the whole psalm, is he's really going through things, all kinds of things. And pride is looking out. Look at the beginning of the psalm that God is good to the upright, to those who are pure in heart. But as for me, my feet had almost stumbled, my steps had well nigh slipped for I was envious of the arrogant when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. Look where his eyes are looking. Look where his eyes are looking. Look at the depression that it brings to his heart, the dejection, the sadness. He's looking out there at the world. He's looking out out there are other people. He's looking out there at the chaos. Their, the pride is their necklace. Verse six. Their eyes swell out with fatness. Verse seven. They scoff and they speak with malice. This is exceedingly pertinent to some believers in the United States. I don't know whether you know this. And Canada. Think of the injustice of pierre trudeau you know and the way government is going just think of uh, mm-hmm. mr biden and what they're doing there the left leaning those of you who are in malaysia who get caught up with things to do with the opposition and you know, Mahatir and this and that and the other and the corruption and so on. Their eyes swell with fatness. The graphic language. And, uh, you know, they scoff, verse 8, and their mouths are against the heavens. Did you know? Did you know? You know who the Dalai Lama is, don't you? Tibetan man, man of peace. Uh, a man, you know, a Tibetan. He's exiled from Tibet. Did you know what President Xi has just said? That uh, the Dalai Lama cannot be reincarnated except within china <laughs> i find i find that uh, something that just for him to even talk about the dalai lama being re- reincarnated and then the racial pride only within china only within china i'm glad that one or two of you are smiling you can see the irony and the stupidity, the contradictions that are in this, you know, President Xi setting their tongues struts through the earth. Look at verse nine, the, the second phrase of verse nine. Their tongues struts through the earth they set their mouths against heaven. And if you if you're looking at all these things and fixing your atten your attention upon them, it will lead to despondency. It will lead to despair. And you know, and and uh, dear psalmist gets to verse 16 and he says. But when I thought how to understand this, it seemed to me to be a wearisome task until I went into the sanctuary of God. Then I perceived
2: their end. Yeah. But then
0: I only got perspective in the fellowship. I only got perspective. Last night I was on a Zoom, started at midnight for me and we finished just after three. And you know, during the course of that Zoom toward the end, it was just for men only. And uh, you know, no disrespect to you ladies, but I'll tell you ladies, pray for men. Pray for man, man of being under, uh, oh dear, the wicked spirit that's been released, as I could talk to you about that. You do know that in the West, spirits have been released, wicked spirits. And the way they're, they're acting is uh, wicked spirits that have gotten into universities and colleges they've been you may look at the book of the revelation for this where the key to the bottomless pit was opened it's in the 16th chapter and out came spirits like frogs words words if any of you know anything about frogs you know that they always remember being in taiping sleeping in Taiping years ago, Taiping, Perak. You know, for you Malaysian folk, you know, and I can remember sleeping there on the floor. I can remember as so we were sleeping on the floor, our children were with us, it was years ago, and I was awake in the night and I could hear, and I thought it was cows. All night long, I thought it was cows you know, and of course, got up in the morning, looked out the window, tried to find the cows, no cows. And I said, what was all that no- noise all night long? Frogs, frogs, they said, we're surrounded with frogs. The areas are wet and frogs, frogs, frogs. You know, it's, you, you'll you find this in, in Revelation 16 the release of spirits like frogs from the beast and the second beast and the and the dragon as though toward the end of time there is a release of madness into the world and you know my brethren you might wonder why this what this connects up with the first letter of john but it does it's absolutely connected you've got to go into the sanctuary mm-hmm. then you'll see you've got to get into the fellowship you've got to uh, cast your eyes toward the lord lift up your eyes and you say in the first letter of john oh yes oh yes love not the world nor the things in the world that's the second chapter of the first letter of john love not the world nor the things in the world don't look at it. the world passes away and the lust of it but he who does the will of god he abides forever and you know you you go on in the fifth chapter oh perspective 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 is only gained in the sanctuary of his presence in the fellowship perspective that's you only get it there chapter five of the first epistle of john verse 19 we know that we are of god that will come clearer and clearer to you as you're in the fellowship as you're in the love as you're in the atmosphere of god we know you will come to know with a greater and greater assurance, not based upon your feelings, not based upon your performance, but based upon his love, that you are of God. And not only that, alongside it, but the whole world is in the power of the evil one. The whole world has nothing, for you that's its system that's its arrangement that's its cosmos that's the way that it conducts things mm. that's it not the not the creation but the world that that construct that man has built upon it so it's in the power of the wicked one it's in the power and these things will come to you with a, a, a at an increasing clarity. I wonder <clears throat> how many of you.
2: Let me think. Let me think. There's a there's a word. Let me try and say it to you. It's, else, else. Oh dear, it's a difficult word. Aus calare.
0: that's Latin. Aus calare, I think it is. And uh, I think it's in English as,
2: aus calatis.
0: I think so. Do you know what it refers to? It comes from Latin. It's actually, there's a doctor. Any, I wonder if there's a doctor on today. If anyone's a doctor, and you will know what uh, else, A-U-S. AUSC. C. Hazel's looking in a dictionary. <laughs> but uh, It might be in her dictionary. But I, I, I've got a purpose in bringing this word to yeah. you. Uh, got a purpose anyway she says she can't find it in the dictionary oh, the dictionary is
1: 1954 uh, 19 well, it's,
0: it's older than that it's older than that this word but a doctor will use a stethoscope is that right what's that thing called
2: <laughs>
0: and he hears and this word he is practicing this Ascalaris, he's listening, he's listening. It's the Latin word for listen, listen, listen. And he has to be tuned and he has to be still. And he has to put that stethoscope, two parts in his ears and the other part and he's listening to three parts of you. Your
2: heart. He's listening.
0: He's listening to your lungs. He's listening for wheezes and wrong sounds in your lungs. And he's listening to your bowels to hear whether things are moving appropriately in your bowels and uh, do you know that there is a man whose name saint benedict some of you will have heard of him saint benedict of mercia the benedictine monks he wrote a book in the sixth or seventh century called the rule of saint benedict it is a book of wisdom. To regulate the lives of these young men who were beginning to gather, and the first word is uh, "asculare."s
2: Listen, listen,
0: listen, and the second word is, I think, "obscurata," which means carefully. Listen carefully. Hear him. And this is why the doctors have taken this word and they use this word to describe their actions with a stethoscope. They're listening to the inward activity that's going on in your heart and in your lungs and in your digestive system. Amen. Listen, listen, listen. It's so fundamental to fellowship our fellowship is with the father and with his son glory to god and i i'm in the first letter of john again and uh, i'm right here to hear him where it says that this is the message that we've heard from him verse five Chapter 1, verse 5, this is the message that we've heard, and we proclaim to you that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. You know, one of the things that I have noticed about people, myself included, that as soon as you read that, you know that, says, that he's going to say something else about God in chapter four. He's going to say God is love in the fourth chapter, but here he says that God is light. And one of the things I've noticed about people, that as soon as you think of light, you think of something penetrative. You think of something exposing. You think of something uh, pointing out to you where, where everything's wrong. Same sort of thought comes to mind when you look in Revelation chapter one, where it says his aim, his eyes are like a flame. The fire in the first thought is consuming, consuming everything that displeases. That's the first thought that comes to men and shame. But I don't know whether you noticed in that poem that yes. quick-eyed love, observing me grow slack from my first entrance in, drew nearer to me, sweetly questioning if I lacked anything, quick-eyed love. The eyes of the Lord burning with holy fire of love, saying, are you lacking something? Come in closer, come in nearer, draw near, draw near, draw near, draw near to me, come, hear me, know me, let me impart to you the balance of my thinking. Let me... Take away from you that uh, despondent look, that despondent look, that, that despairing attitude, that depression. I know that the answer to depression is His presence. I am the Lord that heals you. Heal I wrote to a young man this morning. He was on the Zoom last night. He began to share a little bit and was beside himself with grief. I, I knew immediately, I know him, I know his family, I know what they've been through, I, I know what their what his parents been through, what his father, I, I know all that. And I, I knew what was in his heart and that he couldn't express. And, you know, one of the things that he has found so difficult, he's quite newly married, he's only 23 years old. And, of course, it's lack of fellowship.
2: I was at his church
0: in West Virginia, in Virginia, uh, a few weeks ago in Lynchburg. I was there and I saw how little care there was, how little fellowship there was. The motions of church went on, but no one gave me time. No one gave him time. Fellowship means attention. It means
2: listening. It means intimacy. It means coming close. It means giving yourself. Giving yourself. It means drawing near to others young need this from us who
0: are older they do your children if you have them they need you drawing near to them fellowship how much more is this true in the church of god distance Sunday morning, the only time you see one another, you go into the service, you greet, you go home, you go eat food, you go do your thing. It's fellowship, and this young man's crying out for it, and he doesn't find it in his church. You know what I wrote to him this morning? I, I said, dear brother, you know. I had the privilege of baptizing him some years ago in uh, in the Gulf of Mexico, in the waters there. You know, it's, I wrote to him and said, I trust that you were not offended last night in any way, you know, and that as people talked and prayed, you know, we can talk around things. But I said to him in my, in my message, I know you haven't been to church for two months. He told us that. And I said, why don't you this morning sit with your wife? Do you wife, know why? Just sit for
2: an hour. Read a psalm or two together. Just sit. Perhaps sing a song together. Just sit there. Be there with your father.
0: Be there with your father. You'll begin to get perspective. You'll begin to think rightly about the church you're critical of at the moment or disappointed in would be the better word. I have to say to you, I, I've been disappointed. Disappointed with brethren. Disappointed with the lack of love. Disappointed. Yes. So many pastors just linked together in professional ways. You know, the minister's fraternal. You know, the attitude of competition sometimes even comes through there, you know, instead of being in the light with one another, the warmth of the Lord's love, the, his eyes are not uh, penetrating through, you know, quick-eyed love says, come in, come in, come in. You know, it's tremendous to me how the lord speaks you know the the way the lord bids us enter enter come into the light walk in the light you know these verses very well you'll find the healing blood in the light isn't that what it says in the sixth verse if we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness we lie and do not live according to the truth but if we walk in the light
2: as he is in the light we have
0: fellowship with one another and the blood of jesus his son cleanses us from all sin i know there's healing in the light to see i know that in his presence is fullness of joy i know that drawing near to him and sitting with him Amen. Do you know what the Lord spoke to us last night? He, he said to us something about speaking with tongues. I know he's, somehow it started like this. I, I know the the hyperactivity of your minds. I know the way your minds churn on. I understand. I know about the voices that come pressing in and upon you from the world round about. You know, and he said, one of the things I've given you
2: is the gift of tongues.
0: Don't neglect the gift of tongues. For in the speaking of tongues, the mind is unfruitful. The mind gets a proper rest. A proper rest. where its churning desire for the answer to all questions, explanation for all things, dies away, you know, and you get rest in your mind. Some of us have been blessed by God to be able to be still and know that he is God. To meditate, to contemplate. In this, it's a wonderful thing where rest comes to the mind, where we do not demand answers, where we just abide there in the light, believing, believing that they're in the light with him, know, him knowing us through and through. There is a healing, there is a cleansing. You know, when you read the word blood in the New Testament, Put in brackets after it life. In the Old Testament, it says the life is in the blood. So in the New Testament, when it says here the blood of Jesus Christ, his son cleanses us. Put the word life after the word blood, that there in the light. The life of Jesus will be working in you, cleansing, readjusting you in the mystery of your inner man, in the places you know nothing about yourself. He will be working there, cleansing, readjusting, realigning, taking away the hurts and the Disappointments without you hardly realizing it. I am the Lord that heals you.
2: Praise Him. You can't have fellowship
0: without coming into His loving light. And it's not a surprise to you, is it, that this wonderful cleansing just that takes away the sin somehow it cleanses us verse nine uh, you come to a time where you confess you see you're illumined and, and your confession isn't a miserable attitude you say oh lord you know me you know me you know me i, I confess that i'm a man in need you know me, and you confess, verse 9, and you find he's faithful and just to forgive your sins and cleanse from all unrighteousness. You know, one of the things that I'm rea- uh, I've always realized, I think, is the effect of the world upon us. You know, the dirtying that comes to our souls as we watch the news, listen to this, hear that, hear the other, see that, see the other. You know, unrighteousness, not our own, but unrighteousness in the world around about us that hits us hard and the blood, the life of Jesus cleanses us from all sins. You know, the sin that hits us from people. You know, you've been sinned against. It may have been your parents that sinned against you. It may have been grandparents. It may have been your boss. I think of my son-in-law who was abused very, very sadly by two bosses just recently and he lost his job and, and so on. And it was very unrighteous of them the way they dealt with him and the way they wrote about him because he didn't deserve that. And so their sin and their unrighteousness impacted him. Where do you go? Well, I think my son-in-law has learned the place to go, to sit with God, to draw near to him, into the light of his love, uh, amen and there in that place the blood of jesus christ the life of jesus christ cleanses us mm. from all sin mm. this is mystery taking away you know the power of it i think of our precious sister who lost her husband last week such a shock to her and the whole family there in canada you know, where does she go? Mm,
1: exactly.
0: Where does she go? There's a great space that was occupied by her husband's presence and he's gone. Taken home. Where does she find an answer? The Lord comes to fill that space and find him she must. And she will, I'm sure. Tremendous, isn't it? Oh, brethren, you know, to live in these ways, I'll draw to an end in a minute, but haven't got too far. But when you get into the second chapter of John, you can understand why John says, uh, oh, this is our family. You can't hate your brother. You're a liar if you're hating your brother, if you're nourishing up. It's almost as though he says, You know, oh, live in the light and you'll find yourself loving your brethren even if they hate you.
2: Mm.
0: Right from the depths of you, it will come. This will, of course, free you up into wordless prayer uh, you, for them for them you know the best prayer is really wordless it's just the oh father oh father my brethren my brethren my brethren you go on in this of course you you live like this and you find that you're a listener <laughs> you're becoming more and more of a listener tremendous. That's what it means, of course, when you get to the end of chapter 2, where it, it talks about, uh, you uh, have heard from the beginning, let it abide in you. Verse 24, what you heard from the beginning abide in you. Let it abide there. If what you heard from the beginning abides in you, then you will abide in the father and in the son
2: then he says the
0: anointing which you've received from him abides in you and you have no need that anyone teach you you know i suppose i'm teaching a bit now, but you don't need me. Really, all I'm saying is nothing new. You've already got the teacher in your heart, mm-hmm. and you know it's true, don't you? Mm-hmm. You know. And you learn to listen to that anointing teaching you about everything that is true and is no lie, and just as it has taught you. The overall lesson will be the last three words of verse 27. The overall thing he will say to you, repeating again and again, is abide in him. That's where you've been placed. That's your home. Abide in him, abide in the light, abide in the love, abide in the mercy, abide in the humility, abide in him. That's the overall message that the anointing will ever teach you. Don't go out, don't go out into the realms of argument. I began to learn this in seminary back there more than 50 years ago before I met Hazel. When we would squabble, 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 and all of us budding theologians would squabble, squabble, squabble about something or other rapture or no rapture or this or that. We'd squabble about Calvin and uh, Pelagius, and I mean, it doesn't matter if you, you know, this is what <laughs> some of the things you learn. And then I realized it didn't do anything to sweeten my spirit or anybody's spirit. And I began to withdraw. And I began to withdraw into this quiet place. Lord, teach me by your anointing. Just open my understanding. Help me. Yea, and if you and I listen in that quietness, with the Lord, I'll tell you that you, verse 20, have been anointed by the Holy One, and you know, and you'll know the Antichrist. And you won't want to have anything to do with his argumentative spirit or his suggestive ideas that carry you away from Christ. Carry you away from Christ. You know, People lose their way into cul-de-sacs and things like that because they don't listen to him. And he said, the Spirit of the Lord, abide in him, abide in him. That will be the message, always, always. I want to offer this to you just, I want you to do a little bit of study in the first epistle of John. And I want you to focus on the word this is or by this, by this, by this. By this, you shall know, by this, we will see. Do you know the phrase by this? In Greek, it's just two words by this. You'll find that 11 times by this. And then the word this. You'll find it comes uh, uh, something like 12 times. So 23 times, John will focus you on this, this, this. He'll take you away from that and the other, and he'll focus you on this. By this, we will know Verse Eleven of Chapter Three. This is the message that you've heard from the beginning that we should
2: love one another,
0: not be like Cain, who was of the evil one. One or two of you brothers was on last night, and I commented on
2: Cain. You know,
0: Cain and Abel, you know what he did. Do you notice how God spoke to Cain? Have you ever thought about it carefully? How the Lord comes to Cain, God says to him these words twice. In chapter 4
2: of Genesis, it says to him twice. Why are you angry? Why are you angry? He says.
0: Verse 6 And why has your countenance fallen? Why have your eyes gone down? That's what it means in the Hebrew. Why have you focused? in upon yourself why have you focused in upon your problem brother why have your eyes focused down the eyes of your heart why are you angry with me God is saying he wasn't really angry with his brother he was angry with God that God had accepted Abel's sacrifice and Abel and that God had rejected Cain let us attribute to Cain the best of motives that he had come, offering, thinking what was legitimate and appropriate. And God had rejected it. He said, no, Cain, no. And Cain had gotten angry. And you will discover this about yourself if you if you don't react rightly to things that come your way get angry with god you know that job got angry with god you certainly know that jonah got angry with god don't thou right to be angry jonah do you know how jonah learnt to be loosed from his anger you say how do you know that bernard well because we've got the book of jonah and he must have been absolutely clear of what he'd been through to, to 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 confess it and to have it written amen amen why are you why, why are you despondent why have you gone down your, your eyes that's why that's why you're having fellowship with yourself you're having fellowship with your anger and by doing that you're having fellowship with the wicked one he went out and he killed his brother. You know how God said to him before he went out. <clears throat> you know, sin's couching at the door. You haven't sinned yet, Cain. You haven't sinned yet. You're just suffering a great temptation to go right in on yourself.
2: <coughs> if you do well, this is what it says in the seventh verse, you'll be accepted. Go and ask your brother for a lamb. and offer a lamb. You'll be accepted. You go to your brother
0: in humility. Fellowship with your brother and with me through the lamb. Through the lamb. Mm-hmm. And if you don't do well, sin's couching at the door. Its desire is to overcome you and subject you to its iron claws and to get you in its teeth. All this is graphic language from the book of Daniel and from the idea of the dragon and the beast. To clutch, couching at the door, to climb over you. Its desire is to overcome you, but you must master it. How do you master it? He would have mastered it, my brethren, by going to his brother and asking him for a lamb, so that he could have gone in humility and offered to the Father, and fellowship would have continued. Amen, my brethren. Amen. So we see a little more about the wonder of holy fellowship what we're called to, family life with God, and people of another spirit, that's who we are. And so I come. Finally, I'll just comment on chapter three of 1 John C.
2: Behold, what manner of love the Father has Given us that we should be called the children of God. And so we are. So you are. Become what you are, my brother, my sister.
0: Become what you are by the grace that is proffered to you every day of the week. And every hour of the day, and every minute of every hour, become
2: what you are. Become what you are.
0: So we are. The reason why the world does not know us is that it didn't know Him. Beloved, we are the children of God now.
2: It does not yet appear what we shall be <laughs> um yes it doesn't yet
0: appear what we shall be and i reckon you feel that quite often don't you in your apartments you know oh lord yes. i wrote to this young man this morning and i said to him you know as long as we live here we shall want more <laughs> of him we shall be aware of shortcomings you know it doesn't yet appear what we shall be you know but when
2: he appears then
0: we shall be like him we shall see him as he is. Isn't it tremendous? We shall be like him. And everyone who has this hope in him. Here's another study for you, if you like. In the first epistle of John, I was going to take it this way this morning, but it's gone another way. You know, just look at love. Look at his few references to faith
2: and look at his reference to hope.
0: Things that abide. Everyone who thus hopes in him purifies himself as he is pure.
2: Mm.
0: Oh, lovely Lord.
2: <laughs> Tremendous, isn't it?
0: You know, there was a hymn in the Red Book called Redemption Hymnal. Fellowship with Jesus, this is victory.
2: Fellowship with Jesus, communion with
0: Jesus. Amen, my brethren. Perhaps some of you are at that stage where you should rejoice in the quietness of your apartments, even the loneliness at times and turn it into a sanctuary
2: mm-hmm.
0: and where you will discover his presence he so desires your presence
2: your communion he so wants to impart to you
0: of his own dear self you can't have communion without self-giving hallelujah so i'm going to stop it's quarter two and uh, you've heard me for an hour and 20 minutes at least so that's quite enough
1: oh,
0: amen some people tell me i speak for too long and i think sometimes i do but never mind it's just good to feed together in the garden of the Lord. Hallelujah. In his blessed letters and have communion with the saints, eh? My Amen. brother John, gone before a long while ago. Communion of the saints. You don't pray to the saints, but you can have communion. Don't pray to John Wesley if you're a Methodist. <laughs> but you can have fellowship with him and there's only one person you pray to
2: mm.
0: and that is god the father through our lord jesus christ but you can have fellowship with the saints you can enjoy their writings and have fellowship with them in their sorrows and their difficulties and there's everything praise the lord mm-hmm. amen mm-hmm. amen thank you bb can we can we pray? I, I don't know if anyone's got a comment to make. Uh, if anyone's got a comment or we can just take a little while to pray until the hour comes round. <laughs> I mean, the uh, the 11th hour. I wonder what time is it. The 10th hour in Malaysia, isn't it? 10 in the yes, evening. 9.46. It's 9, yeah, uh, 9.46, it's 14.46 here. What's the time there for Fred and Nell and the Canadians? It's
1: six, five.
0: Five hours five behind? Minutes. Yes. 9.46 in the morning. 9.46, oh, amen. Okay.
1: <laughs> and we
0: are brethren
1: <laughs>
0: and sisters, <laughs> family of God, praise God, <laughs> having communion together. Amen. Amen. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Father. Anyone got a word to say, a thought to offer, mm-hmm. or a prayer to make? Anyone?
1: Mm-hmm. I just yeah. want to. I uh, quite surprised just before I joined your platform, the Cain, the subject of Cain, came into my mind, and you spoke about it. You know. That is uh, with the present understanding of the scripture and what's going on in the world, and with the scriptures, I cut into a deeper understanding of the seed, the seed of the serpent. Yes, see, read carefully about scripture. God asks, oh, why do you go into a rage? I I, I just. Say I I accept um, Abel, and you went into rage. Yes, yeah, yeah. seed. I wonder. I thank you very much. You brought this subject. I want to ask: Is that right?
0: Yes, it- yes, of course. This is the amazing choice that Cain had. He hadn't yet sinned. He was in the temptation, and to humble himself. That's what was required of him. sin was lying under him to overcome, him, to overcome him. and so pain by his actions, slaying his brother, he entered in to allow the seed of the wicked one, murderer from the beginning, to know that the devil is ever at work. To murder fellowship with God, That's, right.
2: That's right. I
1: yes, right. I want to say this thing. So, such a wonderful at this time of the world. What they are attempting to do in the Garden of Eden? The fallen angels attempt to do now. The seed disrupt the seed of um, Noah. We are clean. We are clean DNA. Now it's attempting to disrupt again. I, I, I look at it, wonderful understanding from the scripture in the beginning. Thank you. Um, I, you let me know if I'm wrong. I, I really love this subject very much because of what's happening in the world all over. Thank you.
0: Yeah, well, I'll just read from Revelation 16. The sixth angel... Poured his bowl on the great river Euphrates, and its water was dried up to prepare the way for the kings of the east. And I saw issuing from the mouth of the dragon, and from the mouth of the beast, yes. and from the mouth of the false prophet, three foul spirits like frogs.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: For so they are demonic spirits. There's the seed. Performing signs who go abroad to the kings of the whole world. Mm, to the top. To assemble them for the battle on the great day of God, the Almighty. A release of something toward the end of time going forth like unclean spirits into the, the kings of the whole world, the kings, into the places of government, into the places, and, and God is working through it all to assemble everything into a unity, of rebellion against god mm. and of course you you realize that this is all leading up to the the harvest yes the sons of the wicked one will be harvested and the lord's people will be harvested everything moving in this direction so they're being brought into a spurious Fellowship. Fellowship with the wicked one, fellowship with his mind, fellowship with this of that seed, fellowship of rebellion against God. Remember what we'd read in Psalm 73. Remember what I said about President Xi saying that he could only, Dalai Lama can only be reincarnated in China. Oh dear but amen, amen. And we are the fellowship of the saints mm. and he shall, he shall finish his work. Okay. Praise God.